When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to WrestleWolf, brother, friends. I am your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD. And this is our AEW Dynamite recap and review uh, where we do what it says on the tin. We do a recap and a review of AEW Dynamite, the greatest wrestling show on the earth. Or is it? It is, but mm, there's some issues with this episode. Uh, let's get into it. Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes. This is a match for the number one contenders tournament. Uh, going into full gear. We get a handshake at the beginning of this match, which of course we would because it's two baby faces going up against each other. JR is banging on about how Dustin Rhodes is a fan favorite when he's up against Brian Danielson in the ring. I mean, has there been a bigger fan favorite in any promotion, WWE or AEW, than Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson? I don't know. Look, I do know what's going on. Dustin, like Dusty Rhodes was a huge part of wrestling in the 70s, 80s, and, and to a lesser extent, 90s. Uh, he seemed like a pretty popular guy. People seemed to adore him. Especially people like Jay, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. Uh, and so anything to do with Dustin, sorry, with Dusty, is held in high esteem. Um, I've, already, I've said quite a bit on quite a few different podcasts that the Attitude Era um, didn't really do that much for me. I know that's blasphemy. I know that points me out as maybe being someone who doesn't get wrestling. Um, but, uh, gold, gold dust never did anything for me. I don't, um, I don't see Dustin Rhodes as a phenomenal wrestler in ring either. I mean, it's called the natural, but I don't see him doing what I saw in this match was a 52 year old man who can't keep up with the best wrestler in the world. And that the moves that did look great looked great because of Brian Danielson. Um, 
I'm sure there would be people who know more about wrestling than me that would be like, well, you don't fucking know anything, man. But I'm telling you, as a viewer, that's what it looked like. It looked like an old man who couldn't keep up with Brian Danielson. Um, I'm not an ageist. I've really enjoyed Christian Cage's run in both Impact and AEW um, because he looks great. He has charisma. I don't, you know, I understand that the top guys have to wrestle other people. And what I do enjoy about AEW is that we don't just have the same two wrestlers wrestling for three months in between pay-per-views. Um, so that's fine. But trying to build, you know, like I, I just, it really, I, I just found it funny. I just found it really funny that we're trying to equate, uh, Dustin Rhodes as being as popular as as Brian Danielson. The crowd got into this match as it went along uh, because it was mapped out that way. Um, I Look, there were moments of this match that I enjoyed because Brian Danielson is wrestling in it. And I'm not saying Dustin Rhodes can't wrestle. I just wonder, you know, It's the same point I keep bringing up over and over again. Surely there's someone else younger who's more of a viable option moving forward. I mean, Tony and JR seem to be pushing for Dustin Rose to have a fucking title shot before he retires. It's like you couldn't... I couldn't think of anything worse. Um, And the Rhodes family bookend this episode and are probably my two biggest problems with the show. The fact that Daniel, uh, that Brian was pushed for 18 minutes. I mean, this is legitimately the best wrestler going around in the world at the moment outside of maybe Kenny Omega. Um, I mean, I, ha- <clears throat> I haven't seen Brian's in-ring work as sharp as it is right now. This is the best he's ever been. It's not because... The logo on the apron is is black and gold. It's legitimately his work is the best. It's it's better than it was in Ring of Honor. It's definitely better than it was in WWE because he wasn't allowed to use his full school skill sets in WWE. So for him to be getting pushed by a fifty two year old gold dust, just I I don't think that looks very good. What it looks like to me is nepotism. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, Brian got the win and he will be, uh, moving forward in the Eliminator tournament. Next up, we get Kenny Omega cuts a great promo with the, uh, super elite about Hangman Page, basically reveling in his insecurities. Like, I don't need to worry about you, man, because you're your own worst enemy. You're in your own head. You'll defeat yourself. And because I'm so good, I'll take advantage of that. It's great stuff. Uh, FTR pretend to do some Jim Cornette shit, so they're essentially cutting promos that sound like Jim Cornette's three-hour rambling podcast that he does every week about. Uh, I mean, they were just using all the Jim Cornette words like cosplaying, skinny little bitch, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think it's fantastic to be um, using Jim Cornette in AEW against himself. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed that. Should FTR be the next tag team champions in AEW? I think they should. I think the Lucha Brothers winning was fantastic. I don't 
know if you have kind of been convinced by Sir Matthew Kayfabe, occasional co-host of this podcast, that um, he has a theory that the stories are always much more interesting when the heel has the belt. And uh, FTR are really building themselves up as the top guys heel thing gimmick that they have coming into WWE. It seems like they have a renewed sense of confidence um, just in their like promo work and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, when they were signed, I thought it up until that point may have been AEW's biggest signing, definitely their best. And uh, I know not everyone can be at the top of the card all the time, but they, they have really sort of paid their dues. I know they've been champs once before, um, but I would be sort of taking the belts off and putting them back on FTR at fairly regular intervals because they their in-ring work as a tag team is almost second to none uh, outside of the Young Bucks. But the two teams do completely different things. Um, and their promo work is getting... I mean, it's always been pretty good, but it seems to have really taken up, been taken up to another level recently. Uh, and Tully Blanchard's a great manager for them as well. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed all of this. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm a big fan of Lucha Bros, so I don't want them to just uh, disappear. But I think fairly regular um, changing of the tag team belts in AEW, and when I say regular, I mean like three to six months, um, is good because they do have a lot of tag teams or, and you can also put singles competitors into a tag team and, and continue to keep them at the top of the card, um, which AEW does already anyway. So uh, Tony Schiavone is uh, intro sting. He gets the ring MJF. Uh, the MJF intro hits just as sting is about to speak. MJF does some uh, great gear about Florida here. Basically says, you know, if you guys... <laughs> The only way you guys can entertain yourself is through gun violence and incest. Um, Then he compares Darby Allen to Lex Luger. I would be fascinated to know if MJF goes to whoever he's working with and says, hey, man, I'm going to shoot pretty hard in my promo tonight. You know, like whether he goes into specifics or whether he... um, just says, hey, like, is it okay if I mention Lex or whether there's just an understanding from whoever's working across the the ring from him that uh, all bets are off that he might bring up anything in my past uh, because, you know, I mean, um, uh, the story of Lex Luger is a pretty sad one and they are best mates. I mean, they run, they did run... Um, businesses together they were tag team champs for forever in wcw back in the day um yeah genuinely close friends so uh yeah Uh, i mean (laughs) it's as a viewer it is really amazing to have mjf one sort of referencing other shows it's kind of like two comic books you know it's like another comic book run being mentioned in the comic book that you're reading at the moment. Um, yeah, I just I just love MJF so much. This was amazing. Sting uh, knocked out MJF after he mentions Lex Luger, fair enough. 
Wardlow and Sean Spears, the chairman, come down to the ring and beat down Sting. And then MJF cuts another amazing promise. So it sort of goes from smug, smirking, smart-ass MJF to like sort of crazy, tyrannical, almost mob boss <laughs> MJF sitting on a chair, basically with Sting lifeless uh, beneath him, basically screaming at Darby Allen via the camera saying, you know, have I broken you mentally yet? This is all great. And... and um, they have booked this really well in the sense of like uh, Darby Allen is built. The expectation is building each week when Darby Allen isn't on TV. And it only has to be a couple of weeks, two or three weeks where he's not there. And MJF just keeps building the stakes because that's his strength. I mean, he's the promo guy. Darby Allen is the silent, sullen guy. Um, I can't, I, I could, yeah. I mean, this promo could go for another six months. I'd be happy with that. Uh, Ruby Riot versus Penelope Ford. Ruby looks great. This match did not hold my attention at all. At, at all. Red Velvet is out here because she's wrestling the bunny in the tournament next week, I guess. Uh, then we get another MJF promo backstage. This is basically where Wardlow confronts him about sort of uh, his dickish behavior towards him in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and MJF sort of like comes back by saying like, yeah, I haven't been overly happy with your performance kind of gaslighting him um and then says that sean spears is now uh his uh little buddy that's going to follow him around and um make sure that he's doing the right thing so uh is this are they pulling the trigger on wardlow having his virgil moment and going up against the million dollar man in mjf um I think so. I think that's pretty obvious, right? Uh, Leo Rush is going to wrestle now? So he wasn't wrestling. He was wrestling, then he retired. Then he came back. Then he was a Bitcoin manager man. And now he is wrestling uh, with Dante Martin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, fine. Uh, I don't know. Just It's confusing. It's confusing. I'm I'm reserving judgment because I haven't seen the whole storyline. I mean, <laughs> that would make this podcast pretty pointless if I did that all the time. But I feel like maybe this is going to go somewhere, the Leo Rush Dante Martin thing. Um, I was just really happy with, with Leo Rush being a manager and uh, helping out people who desperately needed someone to speak. And, and he and Dante Martin, as we saw in this promo, desperately needs as much help as he can on the mic at the moment um yeah uh anyway we'll see what happens with that eddie kingston versus lance archer uh, look guys i'm just gonna level with you lance archer does nothing for me it's been it's been uh it's been a year and a half or whatever since he debuted and i just I keep trying to invest myself in him and nothing happens. I have no emotive response. Every time he comes out, I'm always a bit disappointed that it's not someone else. And this match was kind of a perfect example of that for me. It's like, oh, Eddie Kingston's wrestling. Great. Uh, and then um, and then I was like, uh, yeah, but he's wrestling Lance Archer, so who cares? <laughs> 
Lance Archer grabs a fan out of the crowd because he throws people around. He throws him at Eddie. Uh, answer, uh, uh, Archer landed on his head later on in the match. I think he may have actually hurt himself and Eddie called an audible and rolled Archer up. Um, I hope if that's the case that Archer makes a full recovery, but I think this his experiment in AEW, for me anyway, should be over. I just don't. I don't see him as a top guy, maybe a mid-card guy. I, I, I don't know. He just sort of screams impact wrestling to me. Uh, in a circle of men of the year face-off, Dan Lambert announces a five-on-five tag match for full gear and the crowd does not really make a sound. And I think that pretty much sums up where we've gone with this. Uh, it, it, You know, as we'll see with the main event, um, AW, the AEW fan base are pretty switched on. They know wrestling. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. They know the ins and outs of things. They follow YouTube channels and the dirt sheets. They know what's going on. Um, and But you don't even really need to do that to, to sort of get the vibe that this is a bit self-indulgent. You know, like there's people involved in this promo that really love MMA and that's fine, but we're now getting this sort of subpar MMA wrestlers wrestling because there are people uh, at AEW who um, love MMA, but I just don't. And, I, you know, Sammy did some okay stick work in this Uh there's going to be a TNT title match between Sammy and uh, Ethan Page, which is great. And this, you know, I mean, good. I'm glad that uh, men of the year are getting a slight push, especially Ethan Page, because I think he's got all all the potential in the world. Uh, and Dan Lambert on his own could be a legitimately fun manager. I just, as I keep saying week on week, the MMA pro wrestling crossovers are always shit. And I will pay good money that the this match will be the worst match on the full gear card. Uh, and, you know, you'll have Chris Jericho in it, so he'll try and... You'll see some great spots from Sammy Guevara. You'll get some good stick work from Chris Jericho. So it won't be the worst of all time, but it'll be the worst match on that card by a long way. John Moxley tells us that he doesn't care about the tournament, the eliminated tournament, because he has a daughter, but also that he's going to win it. So this promo was a bit confusing as well. John Moxley can have a habit of doing that sometimes where it's like, I'm really angry, so I don't care about this, but I do care about it and I'm going to win. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right, dude. Uh, I mean, I'm being a little bit flippant. It was basically like... All he cares about is getting home to see his daughter. So he's going to rip through everyone as quickly as possible, win this tournament, get the number one contendership. Um, But I don't know. What I heard in this promo is uh, having a kid makes you weak. Uh, Jungle Boy squashes Brandon Cutler, then challenges the elite. Adam Cole comes out, distracts Jungle Boy. The Bucks appear, super kick. Um, They super kick party all over Jungle Boy's ass. Um, cool. Yeah, they're just building this up. 
Uh, I assume it'll be Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole Bay Bay at, um, at Full Gear, and that's a match that we can all get into. Um, and yeah, then we got the main event, which was Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Now, uh, Cody won. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, I have seen some stuff on, on social media that has come out after this from Malachi Black, basically sort of retconning the story of like, well, if you... Just because I didn't win tonight doesn't mean that I haven't won overall because everybody hates you and they're booing you and blah, 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 blah. So if the idea is to do inverted booking where uh, Malachi Black is sort of this like, you know, Machiavellian puppet master who has made everybody turn against Cody Rhodes by winning, that is pretty ingenious booking, right? However, (laughs) um... I don't, I just don't, when it comes to Cody Rhodes storylines, I just don't trust that that's the case. And I think you're taking a big chance by bringing someone like Malachi Black uh, into the company. And, and he could legitimately be your undertaker. Out of all the people that uh, you have brought in into AEW, I would almost, like, I would 100% say that Malachi Black is the one that shouldn't be losing anything. Uh, he shouldn't be getting pushed by anyone. He, you know, he should be a monster. He doesn't have to be a monster in the sense of um, being spooky, in inverted commas, but, uh, you know, the fact that he's unbeatable, that he's a machine, that he kills people. Uh, I just... You know, I, I mean, AEW can turn around, Cody can turn around and be like, you be fucking swerved, you fucking mark. Um, it doesn't change the fact that I'm disappointed in Cody Rhodes beating Malachi Black. If they were, if they, if they were seeking this kind of reaction from me, they have got it, but it's getting pretty close to go away heat rather than genuine heat. You know, I've like, nah, fuck, whatever, man. Like, it doesn't. There's always going to be touches of the of of. You know. Well, his dad or Hunter booking, where he was always booked to look to be, would always book himself to look strong. And uh, again, I know people keep pointing and saying Tony Khan's the main man. He's doing all the booking and the EVPs don't have as much power and blah, blah, blah. But this again comes across like uh, it comes across like the booking is coming from Cody. So either Cody would need to speak to Tony Khan and be like, hey, man, like I don't like I, I understand that we're trying to get heat for me here, but I don't know if I'll. If this keeps going, I don't know if I'll ever be able to come back. I mean, people would legit, you know, it, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I mean, when the show finished, I was legitimately pissed off. It's like, I cannot fucking believe they've done that. Then I saw Malachi Black's social media post where I was like, okay, well, that retcons the story a little bit, but that was not explained. It wasn't being explained through commentary. It wasn't really explained leading up to the match or after the match at all. Besides Malachi Black saying, I'm going to tear your world apart. Um, 
But yeah, man, when Cody, I mean, Cody got back in the ring and looked like he was about to celebrate and the reaction was so strong that he just stayed on one knee. Now, if that was the reaction that they were looking to get, well done. But this is what I'll say. This will be my final thing on it. I would be very careful in trifling with your audience's emotions like this unless there's some sort of great payoff coming, which with AEW, 99% of the time there usually is which is why I'm not completely losing my shit. Because if this was WWE, it would you just flat out be like, oh, well, fuck, man, seriously. Why do you even build these people up and then just tear them down? Like, for your own, is it for your own weird personal enjoyment? Um, so I'm not going to completely lose it. But this has been almost a whole year's worth of booking with Cody Rhodes where almost everything that he's doing outside of the... the um, last couple of weeks of promos with Arn. Um, yeah, is uh, has been shit. <laughs> it's just been shit. And whether this is purposeful or not, I don't know. Um, I would want to see Cody's world fall apart pretty fucking hard in the next couple of weeks. Um I get the vibe that maybe they just wanted to book this clean. It's like, oh, well, Cody wins clean. And then maybe they they retcon this booking afterwards. Of like, oh, people are not happy about this <laughs> uh, result. Anyway, look, I could bang on and on about this all night. Maybe I'm just a, a dickhead mark who's getting swerved by masterful bookers. But I am really starting to get to the point with Cody Rhodes where I'm meh i'm not which is possibly the worst place a wrestler can be in a fan's consciousness because it's not oh i hate him so much or ah he's the best it's like uh, uh. um you know you just you start to have these reactions like uh whatever cody cody wins lol um and you move on and you wait for the good matches. So, look, there were... I'm at the point now with Dynamite where if there's anything happening that doesn't involve a Rhodes or the Nightmare Factory, then I'm into it. And anything to do with them, I'm not. And uh, look, if you can explain to me how I'm being swerved and this is all part of some master plan from the EVPs and Tony Khan, great, because it would make me feel a lot better about the fact that I'm feeling so negative towards one part of AEW when I have not felt that way about them at all. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, not good, man. Just didn't like it. Don't like it. Don't like this storyline. I think Malachi Black, should you just book him simply and strongly because that's the type of character he is. And Cody's world falls apart because he is used to winning and used to being a winner and having everything go his way, and it's not. Uh, and I know that they can do that through the crowd, the crowd not caring about him, but uh, you're playing with fire because it it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy with Cody. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Good Pods. Uh, 
yeah, wherever you can throw us a five-star review, that would be great. Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias. We're WrestleWolfPod. You can email us at uh, WrestleWolfPodcast at Gmail. Um, and yeah, you'll get, uh, if you follow us or uh, subscribe, uh, it doesn't cost you anything. You just hit the little subscribe button and, and you'll get our NWA Power Show, Impact, the two AW shows and our weekly news show um, and the occasional uh, revisiting special as well. Anyway, until next time, brother dudes, brother dudettes, and brother friends, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.